The approaching winter took a break for a day, and when it sunbathed Dacia in light, it also warmed the morning air and welcomed the Dacians at Arpash. Ataraxes and the Kinais were ready to move on, but they gave the twins some time to say goodbye to their father and to Thais. Alexos felt much better, and though the wounds weren't closed yet, they were healing fast. Thais had just helped him bathe and change, change into clean clothes, and now he was looking at his children with eyes both pleased and worried. It was the first time they parted without knowing when they would see each other again, and the thought gave all three of them the sense of loss. But his children were adults now, Alexios told himself, and they needed to cut their path on their own terms. As if to contradict their father's conviction, Celias and Ariane stood in front of him, holding hands, and this was not a grown-up sign. Or maybe it had nothing to do with it, and it was just comforting for them to know they were together. Whether the reason, whatever the reason, the two looked down at him torn between excitement and worry. Father, are you sure we should go? We could stay here until you feel better and then travel together. Alexio smiled at them. If it weren't for me, would you stay or would you go? Both lowered their heads. I thought so. He continued immediately, not letting them protest. These are two great warriors. These two great warriors cannot delay their journey anymore, and they made the unbelievable offer to take you with them. So you will follow them, you will help as much as you can, and you will show them how grateful you both are for the path they are willing to open for you. Now come here and let me embrace you one last time. We will see each other again at Bears Valley. They held together for a long time and then broke the embrace. Ariana looked around for Thais and spotted her in a corner. She approached the woman and embraced her without hesitation. Then he, she looked into Thais's most moist eyes and whispered, You take care of him, and you take care of yourself. I need you. Then they turned and left the room. Ataraxes was waiting alone in front of the stables while Dekinaes and two other warriors were picking the horses for Silias and Ariane. The warriors who had made the long journey to Carsium and back were mostly part of the Arpash garrison and they had already left the stronghold on patrol or on other errands. Ataraxes had two of his men with him and Dekinaes only Basto, the older warrior who taught Ariane the business with the bow and the arrow. He was just now coming out of the stable, and Ataraxis invited him to approach. They talked for a while about the journey. Then Ataraxis asked about Ariane's progress, and Basto obliged happily. I think she is ready to use regular arrows now, Lord. Good, answered the young general. You will remain at Bears Valley and help with the repair of the stable, but you will also continue with her training. I think she has it in her. The warrior nodded. She is special. 
he said, just as the girl came out the door and stopped for a moment to look around. Then she saw them at the stables and hurried down the stairs with a big smile on her face. She is special indeed, murmured the old warrior more to himself. Hey, old man, laughed Ataraxis, she's not for you. If you were several summers younger, I would slit your belly from for her. Bastos stared at him in confusion for a moment, but then his eyes cleared with understanding and he smiled wistfully. Well, if I were several summers younger, I would challenge you, Lord. To die for a beautiful girl comes next to dying on the battlefield. True, Basto, you wise old man. As it is, we both get to have something from her. In the meantime, they were all gathered and waiting for the sign. Ataraxes nodded and jumped in the saddle. Silias helped his sister straddle her horse, then got on his own, and the group turned towards the large gate. Soon they were on the road again. First they rode towards the forest, then at its outskirts they turned towards the sunset and followed a large path, well used by horses and carts, with the forest to their left and the high plains of the northern Dacian territory to their right. The Kinais and Silias rode ahead, talking and laughing. The two warriors from Saramisegetusa, to uh, together with Basto, closed the group, and Ataraxis and Ariane were traveling in the middle. The weather was mild and sunny, and they both enjoyed the journey together. Ataraxis asked her about her life in Histria, and she told him about the town, the trades, the people. He couldn't help but no notice she wasn't talking about her, about her own life. He was very interested in the subject, but didn't press the point. He knew that when the time was right, she would tell him about herself too. Now she was ready to talk about other things like the old bath and the Greek theater. Finally, she stopped a little embarrassed at the thought that she might have bored him. You know, he said after a short moment of silence, at Sarmisegetusa, at the midwinter day celebration, we do have a theater too, sort of, and the best part is the actors are children. What is it about? I will take you with me for the midwinter day celebration to see for yourself. I bet it is as entertaining as your plays in Histria. What is this celebration about? Well, we celebrate the spring, the awakening. The priest asks Amolxis to remember us to keep life spinning around and to let the warmth conquer nature. It is the most important celebration for my people. Everybody comes to Sarmisegetusa for it. It is also a great opportunity for families to meet. But most of all, it is a great thing for the children. For the children? Oh yes, the women bake hearts full of cheese pie and all kinds of honey and berry sweets. When we were kids, Dekinais and I tried every year to find out where they were stored. I guess all children do that. And did you find them? Oh yes, one year. We ate so much, we both got sick and we couldn't join the festivities. And the next year, we grew up. 
laughed Ataraxis. Ariana laughed too. She could easily imagine the two cocky boys looking for adventure and excitement. It looked like the Dacians had a special place in their heart, not only for warriors, but also for their children. Her thoughts went back to the settlement at the verge of the mountains and to the child who lived there. On our way here, we stopped at a settlement and spent the night there. Rala and Clovis, the Kinaya sister, he told me about that. You participated in the harvest ceremony. Yes, they have a son. Rami. Rami, yes. What about him? It wasn't clear in her mind what she wanted to ask, and she remained silent. Ataraxis waited several moments and then looked at her, wondering. Then, when it, were, when it was clear she, the girl wouldn't continue, he spoke. Rami is not healthy. He is not going to outlive his father. His, um, we call them children of the moonlight. They have been born with their face towards the moon. Ariane nodded but remained quiet. They rode for a while without saying anything more. Then Ataraxes broke the silence. What is it, Luminous Eyes? Something I said doesn't agree with you. No, no, it's just... Then she gathered her thoughts to explain them more co coherently. Perhaps our children in Histria too, of course. I have seen them. It is just... They are not being protected, nor loved. They are allowed to live, but... They don't have a place in the family and they usually end up on the streets. They do not live long, too long. Why? They are a punishment for their ancestors' sin. People fear and despise them. Why? Because they are different? Zamolxis made them too. Why do you think Zamolxis made them like this? He can do everything perfect, no? But they are perfect. It was Ariana's turn to look at him in wonder. His mother is so, so beautiful. The Dachian sighed and tried to remember what he learned as a child about that topic at the temple. This girl with her fascinating golden eyes made him think about things he had always taken for granted. The children learned about Zamolxis at the temple and they took everything in. Now he was called upon to explain his God's actions to her. Mm, balance, he said with a musing face. Balance? What do you mean? I'm not sure. Vezina, the great priest at the temple, could explain it much better. But balance is important in life and Zamolxis takes care of it whenever he builds something. Clovis is a very beautiful woman. Are you saying the reason the child is like this is because his mother is beautiful? Why would Zamolxis do such a cruel thing? Cruel? What do you mean? Little Rami has a wonderful life, just like every child. His parents love and protect him. He has friends. He's happy. Ariane didn't say anything for a while, but it was obvious his words made her ponder. At last she concluded, hmm, maybe you're right.
Maybe nobody's unhappy until he has been told so. Early afternoon, they came to the left bank of the Alutus River and crossed it on a float bridge handled by an old Dachin and his two sons. Shortly afterwards, they stopped in a small settlement for the night. Silias and Dariane found lodgings in the house of a woman whose man was a warrior at Sarmisegetusa. After dinner, the woman wished them good night and retired to the back of the house. The twins remained at the fire. They were both tired, but the excitement of being on the way to the heart of the Dachian land kept them awake. They talked a while, keeping their voices low, then Celia said, Ataraxes, what about him? You like him. What is not to like? He saved our lives in the forest. Yeah, but that's not why you like him. Yes, I like him. He's good and funny and he likes you too, you know. Does it bother you? Celia shrugged. No, I'm not upset about it, but I worry a little. Ariane didn't ask why. She knew her brother well enough to know he was going to tell her his reasons. Celia's was not one to keep anything to himself. This time he took a while to speak. He stood up and pushed a log deeper into the fire, and his face looked concentrated, almost angry. Then he sat down next to her. He's an impressive man. You mean I am not good enough for him? No, of course not. You are great. You are the best. But he's, he has a purpose. He's the leader of his people. He has things to do. Hmm. And you think he will not have time for me? Me, the little insignificant girl from Histria? She was getting angry now, though, or maybe exactly because she couldn't deny some truth in her own words. Come on, Ariane, I didn't say that. You know I don't mean that. Ah, I know now. You are afraid I might become a distraction for him and he might forget what he set out to do. Silias remained quiet and his silence disappointed her. He's not like that, Silias. I have no idea if he likes me and if he does like me how much, but he's not like that. Have you heard him talking? He loves his land and people with a love we will probably never understand. I'm of no importance when it comes to that. Don't be so sure, her brother chuckled. He's following you with his eyes wherever you go, whatever you do. But yes, you are probably right. I want you to be happy. Ariana smiled. I know. Let's try to sleep now. They stretched out next to each other, near the fire, and covered themselves with their cloaks. Good night, sister. And don't worry, just follow your warrior. He will lead you to happiness. I'm sure of it. Good night, brother. But you are the one to worry, not me. They both laughed softly and closed their eyes. Minutes later, only the fire crackled from time to time in the silence of the night. The next day came as sunny as the previous one, but it was much colder. The air was clear with an edge and smelled of snow. 
The travelers continued their journey along the forest with the mountain top sparkling to their left. After midday, they stopped for a short break to eat some apples and cheese. Then they finally turned south and stepped into the forest. The path climbed now softly, following little streams crossing high pastures and tiny glades. The trail was wide enough for the four young people to ride close to each other and chat. They talked about the stable at Bears Valley and the number of warriors they would need in order to complete the preparations. We'll have to check the condition the stable is in before we know how many men we need. Urolas has several good people there. Maybe we won't have to enlist help from Saramisa Yes, you are probably right, agreed Dekinaeus. The question is, how are you going to feed them? They live there. They have their own dwellings there, their families. Silias intervened. What about when we get the horses? I have never seen such horses, but I have heard a lot about them. The best way to train them is to do it together with the warriors they would fight with. Forge an alliance between man and beast forever. Once the repairs are finished, I will send warriors from the king's guard, maybe from the great priests too. You two will wait for them and then travel together down the Alutus River to Buridava and get the horses. I will talk to Urolas tonight and Eudekinaeus will have to work together with him for the supplies. Who is Urolas? I think I heard the name, but I forget who he is. Dear Dariane from behind her brother. Urolas is the Tarabostes at the Bears Valley. He leads the community and the small settlements around. He's a good man. And he's Sina's father, added Dekinais. You will probably live in his house, he completed and turned to Ariane. The girl smiled shyly and hoped inwardly Sina would like her and also the mighty Tarabostes. But she didn't say anything. She knew the extent of her ex excitement to finally be with a girl her own age was not something her travel mates would understand. And now I would like to hear more about taking care of those horses, Ilias. I'm listening. The Dachian general invited the Greek young man with a large movement of his arm. Silias didn't wait for a second invitation and began immediately. He loved horses and talking about them was his favorite topic. Otis and his father, they never saw the beasts other than as a means to a good trade. Otis made fun of his friend whenever Silias tried to explain what he saw in these noble animals. This didn't stop Silias though. And after a while, Otis' mockery didn't bother him anymore. He could talk about horses for hours. So he didn't let this opportunity escape him now, and he started explaining about their ailments, their treatment, and much more. He was so deep into this, he didn't notice the glance Ataraxes and Dekinais ex exchanged several times. Ariane saw them, and she understood that Celia's just had just won a new appreciation in their eyes. That made her happy. Celia's was still a boy in many ways, but when it came to horses, he was a man. After a while, the path became steeper and the riders 
filled in a single row and continued their journey in silence, each of them wondering about the challenges that lay ahead. The forest became denser and there were no more pastures, only tall, straight fir trees. When the sun fell behind the trees and the air acquired a milky consistency, they stopped. A low stony wall with an arched, unguarded entrance crossed their path. Ataraxes turned to the party riding behind him and told them, This is the first defense wall of Sarmisegetusa. We will not go further. We will turn left and follow the stone wall to Bear's Valley. Ataraxes couldn't hide a soft chuckle at the sight of the two Greeks' faces. They were both confused and disappointed. Is this Sarmisegetusa? He turned his horse and stepped without a word on another path much narrower than the one they had just come from. He could have explained what they were seeing, but he didn't want to take away Dekinai's pleasure. As expected, Dekinai's made light of the matter. Sarmisegetusa has three defense walls, and this is the first one. It isn't high because its purpose is not to defend the city, but to keep the carts and horses on the path and allow them to enter the stronghold in an orderly matter manner. Behind this wall there are two others much higher and wider. Is this the only gate? asked Celia's unconvinced. No, the stronghold has several entrances, some known and in everybody's sight, and some known only by the warriors or priests. The most important gateway is the western gate, coming from the Banat Valley. This one is for the northern strongholds. <clears throat> but still, no guards? None you can see, no. What do you mean? There are warriors guarding this gate, you just cannot see them. Silas turned in his saddle and looked around, but nothing was moving in the silent wood. The Kinais laughed. Don't try to find them, you cannot. I myself do not know where they are watching us from. They are watching us? Of course. They saw us a while ago already and waited to see if we went through the gates or not. Now they know we're headed to the Bears Valley and have already notified their mates at the second wall not to wait for us. You're kidding me, right? Tekinais only smiled and shook his head. Then he gestured for Silas to get moving and followed the row of riders ahead, from which only Basto was still to be seen before he too disappeared at the bend of the road. They followed the low defense wall for a long time and Celia started to change his mind about the size of the Dacian capital. It was getting dark when Ataraxes stopped again. We will leave the wall here and go down into this valley to the settlement. It isn't far anymore, but it will be dark by the time we get there. Please follow me, stay close and do not stray. More time passed and they learned to trust their horses to find solid footholds uh, as the light dimmed with every step. They wouldn't even have noticed they had arrived if they hadn't heard a voice approaching. What? Now that you have talked to my father, do you think your duty is accomplished? 
You think you don't need to show your face here anymore? Several torches started dancing around them and excited voices filled the air. The Kinais had already jumped off his horse and was now searching through the commotion. Sina, where are you? Right here, where you left me in summer, you. A thin shadow appeared next to the horses and threw herself at the Dachian, who had his arms already opened. They spun around together laughing, and it looked like the lights of the torches were spinning too. The others dismounted and waited for the two to stop their crazy dance, while faceless people took charge of the horses. Finally, Dekinais put the girl down and turned to his traveling party. This is Sina, my, my girl, and these are Celia's and his sister Ariane. They come from the big sea. The girl came closer and looked at the twins with interest. Ah, come closer, let me see you better. Ah, Hataraxes, good evening, you're here too. Of course you are here. You're almost here when a pretty girl moves around. You don't need to answer. I don't listen to you anyway. Come in, come in. Father will be pleased to see you all. It took some time and a lot of talking and laughing until they crossed the yard and climbed the stairs to the big hall of Urolus, the chieftain at the Bears Valley. But they all finally managed to enter the house and greet the nobleman. Urolus was a large middle-aged man with a dignified belly well displayed behind his large leather waistband. He came closer and embraced every single one of them, laughing and giving orders at the same time. Then he invited them all to sit at the large table in the middle of the room. Ataraxes sat down first and stretched his arm to Ariane in invitation. The girl looked around, but nobody seemed to care about her, so she took her place next to him. Sina seemed to ponder for a moment, and it was obvious she was making up her mind whether to sit next to the girl or her young warrior. The warrior won, and she sat between the Kinais and his Greek friend, Celias. The table was soon covered with food and wine. Only then did, they get, did the guests realize how hungry they were, and in a low and happy mix, they attacked the plates. There, was, there were venison, meat and cheese pies, sweet onions and white soft bread, everything in huge quantities. Several small wooden barrels were placed in the middle of the, and the wine they contained was golden and sweet. Ariane couldn't recall when she had eaten so much in her entire life. It seemed she kept needing just one more bite before she finally stopped devouring everything in front of her. She finally came to the point where she couldn't eat or drink or even move anymore and she remained quiet. Now she needed to rest for a moment just to get herself together. If those eyes wouldn't betray her and keep closing off their own device. It was Celia's who finally peeled her off Atarax's shoulder took her in his arms and brought her to Sina's chamber at the gallery.
Hi guys and thank you yet again for uh, meeting me today. This journey has just begun for our characters, for our friends, in many ways. But our journey here has come to an end. I invite you to get the book. It will appear on Amazon. Look for it in two weeks. I hope you will enjoy the rest of it. Thank you. Bye. And thank you very much.